Hello, my name is Jennifer. I'm the host of Life Gives You Lemons. This podcast is all about what life can throw at you. The good, the bad, the sweet, the sour. Everything that'll make your lips pucker. So this is going to be Season 1, Episode 1, my very first episode. A little background. I am in my early 40s. I am a mom. I am a stepmom. I am a wife. I am a sister. I am a daughter. I have been through a lot of ups and downs in this lifetime that some will focus in on this podcast. We'll talk about everything from relationships to marriage to religion to life. Everything life can throw at you, nothing is off limits. So a little bit of my background, I graduated from high school with a baby. I was a teen mom. My son is almost 24. He was what put my life on a totally different path. I wouldn't change him for the world. He has grown, lives out on his own, doing very well. He will probably be featured on this podcast at some point down the line. I am married to the most amazing man. I met him about seven years ago. We've been married for almost four years. He came into my life when my life was very broken and very dark. And he put me back together and showed me that good men do exist. My next episode will be all about relationships and marriage and kids and how to keep it going. It'll feature my sister-in-law, who I will introduce on the podcast. I'm going to try to shoot for recording it this weekend and releasing it early next week. So there's a little bit of background. Life gives you lemons. What do you do with that? How do you handle the ups, the downs, the sweet, the salty, the sour? Good morning. It is Saturday, June 11th, I think. I don't know. My days all run together. So I am going to push back my guest episode. Uh, She had some things come up. So I am going to do this episode talking about what I am currently going through. So if you're just tuning in, my name is Jen or Jennifer. I do not like to be called Jenny. Childhood trauma. Anyways, my name is Jen. I am 41. I'm going to be 42 in less than 30 days. I am happily married with two grown kids and a grown stepdaughter and then another stepdaughter who's 12. I am a bariatric patient. If you don't know what that means, I had weight loss surgery. I started out at 324 pounds. I am currently sitting at 162-ish. It fluctuates day to day. I stay in the 160 range. So I had gastric bypass March 1st of 2021. So I'm 15, almost 16 months post-op gastric bypass. This journey has been extremely difficult, but very rewarding. 
Now, a lot of stigma that comes with weight loss surgery is that, oh, you took, oh, you cheated. You took the easy way out. You didn't do it the right way. Is there really a right way? I did this because I was taking 11 to 17 different medications every single day. I was pre-diabetic for many, many years, and I had gone to the doctor, had my blood work ran, and she said, okay, well, you are no longer pre-diabetic. You are now diabetic. We are going to start you on a medication called metformin. It messes with your stomach. And you will have some GI issues, gastric intestinal issues for a little while until your body gets used to the medication and then it should level out and you should be okay. So expecting stomach issues, I started metformin. On top of being on two different blood pressure medications, a thyroid prescription, multivitamin, I took hair, skin, and nail vitamins. I was taking calcium. I was taking just a whole bunch of stuff. So I, at that point, when I was diagnosed full-blown diabetic, I was a patient at um, the Weight Loss and Wellness Center in Peoria at OSF. And I was on the medical side. So they were medically watching my weight. When I was diagnosed with being diabetic, I said, okay, it's time to do something. So I decided I was going to go surgical and look at my options for weight loss surgery. I knew that if I didn't do something to get the weight off, I was not going to be around to watch my kids have kids or my youngest graduate. And I wanted to prolong my life because at the rate I was going, I was killing my body. So my stats, I'm tall, I'm 5'10". 324 pounds doesn't look like 324 pounds when you're tall. I did not like how I looked. I was very self-conscious. I could not wear normal size clothing. I had to go into size 24 jeans and they had to be tall because I'm tall. I was in a 2X, 3X shirt and I was miserable. I hated my body. So when I made the decision to go surgical, I had contacted the the team there at OSF Weight Loss Wellness Center in Peoria, Illinois. And you have to go through 12 to 18 months of appointments seeing different people, the nutritionist, the exercise specialist, the primary care person, as well as a mental health uh, person and the surgeon. So I went through months of appointments with different people. I got signed off on by everybody that was on my team. And so the next step was to meet the surgeon and get a surgery date. I had done this in 2000. 2000. And I had 
got my approval. I was waiting to hear back from the surgeon's office. So once you get the approval, they send the referral over to the surgeon's office. They contact you, schedule an appointment. And then once you meet with the surgeon, they give you a surgery date. I didn't hear anything for about 10 days. So I had called the surgeon's office and I'm like, hey, you guys should have got a referral for me. I am a patient at OSF. And the lady said, oh, we were going to call you. We don't take your insurance. So unfortunately, we cannot proceed. You'll have to find another program, one that accepts your insurance. I had Blue Cross Blue Shield through my employer. So I was very discouraged. This was at the beginning of COVID. So I was like, is this a sign that this is not supposed to happen? So after a little while and a couple more appointments with my primary, I decided, okay, well, now let's call the insurance and see where I can go. See what they recommend. See who's covered. Now, I live in central Illinois. I live about 45 minutes from Peoria. My next option was Springfield, which is about an hour and 30 minutes from where I live. So I called Memorial Wellness and Health in Springfield, Illinois. I set up my first appointment. They took my insurance. That was the first question I asked when I called. Do you guys take Blue Cross Blue Shield for the entire start to finish everything. And she said, we do. I said, I need to make an appointment. She said, okay, we need a referral. So I had to go back to my primary, tell my primary what happened. She referred me to Memorial Weight Loss and Wellness Center in Springfield. I called and set my appointment. When I went in for my very first appointment, I asked the first person I seen, which was the nurse, Am I going to have to start this program all over again? And what requirements does my insurance put out there to get to surgery? And she says, I'm not 100% sure on either one of those questions. That's something you're going to have to ask the primary when they come in. And I said, okay. So I was very discouraged, very irritated. Like I've already gone through a couple of years of OSF program. I was medical. Then I switched to surgical And it just wasn't, it wasn't a good experience once I got to the point where I was meeting the surgeon and my insurance wasn't covered. So I meet with the primary in Springfield and I said, I've already done a lot of the things that were required by my insurance. Am I going to have to start this program over? And she says, nope, we do need you to get signed off on by, by all of our people. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't take long. She said, today you're only seeing me. So here in another month, you'll have to schedule an appointment to meet with either two or four members of the team. And I said, okay. She's like, and on top of that, we do telehealth. So you don't have to come all the way to Springfield. We can do it through a Zoom meeting or a Zoom call over your phone. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. So I met with her, got my appointment scheduled for the exercise specialist, the nutritionist, the mental health person, and her, again, in person, because I wanted to do this as much in person as I could. 
And I got checked off on by two of the four that next visit. My mental health was good. She didn't see any reason not to okay me. My exercise specialist okayed me. She said it was good. The nutritionist, I had to take a class. And the primary, I had to have some blood work done. So they scheduled me three months out for another appointment to allow time to get the class in and to do my labs. So I did that. My labs came back that my potassium was low. Now I was on two different blood pressure medications and metformin at the same time. I was literally having diarrhea, sorry, TMI. I was having diarrhea anywhere between 9 and 13 times a day, which depletes your potassium. So they put me on a potassium supplement, an over-the-counter, or a, a pill, a big horse pill, and told me that I needed to get my potassium under control before they could consider me for surgery. So they scheduled me out another three months to rerun my labs. When they reran my labs, my potassium was slightly low, so I was getting closer. I met with my primary care physician, and she took me off of one of the blood pressure medications that, were, that was known to drop your potassium. So after she took me off that, and I was continually on the prescription potassium, my potassium levels leveled out, and I was good. So at my next three-month appointment, I was checked off on by the nutritionist because I got the class completed and my primary. So the next step was to meet the surgeon and get a surgery date. So the surgeon's office called me, scheduled my surgery for March 1st of 2021. And I had an appointment with the surgeon at the middle of February. I started my two-week pre-op diet Mm. two days before I went to see the surgeon, which I found to be odd, but it was fine. So I started my pre-op diet two weeks exactly before surgery. Now this is liquid diet. Everything liquid, protein shakes, water, Gatorade, liquid, broth, I was told that I could have all the non-starchy vegetables that I wanted. So I could eat green beans and I can eat peas. I could eat broccoli and cauliflower and lettuce and stuff like that. No potatoes, no corn. So I met with the surgeon. I was so nervous. But after meeting with him, I felt so comfortable. He definitely made me feel comfortable, reassured me that everything was going to be fine. He does this all the time, walked through what would happen, what would happen the day of surgery. I would go in, I would get checked in, they would start an IV, the anesthesiologist would come talk to me and explain everything. And then they would take me to the OR and I would have surgery. I would wake up in recovery And I would stay overnight, I would walk, I would drink water. As long as I was doing everything and everything looked fine, I would be able to go home the next day. I would have laparoscopic surgery to have gastric bypass. So everything was good. 
I had some anxiety, obviously. My daughter was so scared for me to have surgery. My husband was great. Um, my body mass index, my BMI, before the whole thing started was a 44. When I went on my pre-op diet, one thing my surgeon told me the morning of surgery was that my pre-op diet worked. My liver cleanse worked because it dropped my BMI two points. I was at a 42 the day of surgery. I was 296 pounds. I went from like 324 to start and then I lost a little bit. And then day of surgery, I was 296 pounds. So that's when my clock started with my weigh-ins was 296 pounds day of surgery, March 1st, 2021. I remember crying. I was bawling when the anesthesiologist came in to talk to me. I had my IV in and he walks in and he's like, what are the tears for? And I'm just like, I'm really scared. My daughter didn't want me to do this. He's like, you'll be fine. You're going to do great. Super reassuring. He didn't have the best bedside manner, but he was still as comforting as he could be. My surgeon came in, amazing, made me feel better, gave me some some medicine to take the edge off a little bit, and then wheeled me back, and I remember being woke up, and I had a binder on my belly, which kept everything in place and put pressure and just held it together so it didn't hurt so bad, and that became the best thing I had for a week after surgery. So when they kept running my blood sugar to check my blood, because I had not had metformin for a whole seven days, I stopped taking it. I was supposed to stop taking it two days before surgery. I stopped taking it a week before surgery because I did not like how it made me feel. It tore up my stomach. It made just, it made things horrible. So I stopped taking it a week before surgery. And when I woke up, They were checking my blood sugar. My blood sugar was high. My blood pressure was high. And I hadn't had any medication. So they were giving me medication. They were giving me some pain meds. It was tolerable. It was manageable. I got up. I started walking. I was drinking water. Let me tell you, sugar-free popsicles after surgery was the best tasting thing I have ever tasted in my life. The orange one, I could have ate like 12 sugar-free popsicles. It was so good. I could only eat like a quarter of one at a time, but it was still really good. So flash forward. I am 15 months post-op gastric bypass. I've lost 130 pounds in 15 months. Three months out, I developed what is known as a stricture. And for those of you who don't know, a stricture is where they take your stomach because they take your stomach and they shrink it down. They staple it down to the size of an egg. And they have to attach your small intestine to your new stomach pouch. So the opening that they make between your stomach and your intestine to allow the food to pass through, that is where the structure happens. And it is a narrowing of the small intestine to the new pouch. It's supposed to be anywhere between 12 and 15 millimeters. Mine was maybe three or four millimeters when... I went in, um, they go down through your throat with a scope and they take a balloon and they blow it up, dilate the opening to allow food to pass through. So how I knew something was wrong 
was because three months post-op, I'm starting to add foods back into my diet, like regular foods, more solid foods. And I started throwing up within 20 minutes after I eat anything that had substance to it. So I was able to eat mashed potatoes, applesauce, yogurt, stuff like that without having any issue. I was able to drink my protein shakes without any issue because there wasn't any kind of substance really to it. It was smooth. It was not chunky. There, It just, it was okay. So I lived on that for a few months until I called my surgical team and I'm like, look, this is what's going on. So they made an appointment, brought me in, did the first EGD scope with dilation. It lasted about three weeks. And I started the same symptoms again, throwing up after I eat, all of that. So they brought me back in and they did another EGD scope and dilation. This time it lasted six months. And I started just, I started out slow, but it would, it started to progressively get worse with the vomiting. It was more frequent. It wasn't as often as before, but it was still happening quite often. So I called them and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. She's like, yeah, it might be time for another one. Okay. Got me scheduled for another EGD scope and dilation. This was four weeks ago on Tuesday. The very next day I started throwing up again. So I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that the last EGD scope and dilation irritated my pouch enough that it restrictured and it was just like, yeah, no. And I have been getting sick almost every single day for the last four weeks. I think there's only been maybe six or seven days out of the last four weeks that I have not thrown up at some point during the day. I have another EGD scope and dilation scheduled for July 19th. At 8 a.m. in Springfield, I'm an hour and a half away, so I have to be checked in at 6.30, which means I have to leave my house no later than 4.45 in the morning. They told me that if this scope and dilation does not work, we will be considering other treatment options, which is going to be a surgical revision where they're going to basically move my pouch or move the small intestine from my pouch, move it to another location, I believe. That's going to be a conversation I have when I go in because I'm not 100% sure on what it looks like. I will definitely keep you guys updated on that. But people ask all the time, do you regret having surgery? Nope. Not even with the complications that I've had. I am no longer diabetic. That was removed from my diagnosis 100% at six months post-op. My A1C came back in normal range for six full months. So she ran it twice, three months and six months. And it came back completely normal in the normal range. I have lost 130 pounds. I am only on half a dose of blood pressure medication. And I hope to come off of that sometime in the future. I am still on my thyroid medication because I don't know that I'll ever come off of that. My body is doing great with absorption of my vitamins. I don't take a multivitamin anymore. I take vitamin B complex. I take vitamin D. I take um, an over-the-counter potassium. I take biotin because my hair did fall out. 
uh, it's now starting to thicken back up and be full again, which I am so grateful for. I never thought I would say that. My hair was so thick and so unmanageable. And then it started falling out by the handfuls and it became very thin and very gross looking. But now it's thickening back up. So I'm really happy about that. But no, I do not regret having the surgery. I would recommend it as many complications as I've had and as many times as I've gotten sick in the last 12 months, it was still very much worth it. I still very much had the support of my family, my husband, my kids. I can do more. I can walk more. I don't get winded going up the stairs. I can tie my own shoes. I think the biggest accomplishment, the biggest non-scale victory as they call it was buying a bikini for the first time last summer and not hating how I looked in it. It was a swimsuit. It was super cute. And I actually liked how I looked in it. I went to Walt Disney World, Florida for the first time in my life. I'm a huge Mickey Mouse fan. I collect Mickey figurines and Mickey memorabilia. So Disney was a bucket list for me that I got to I got to enjoy or not so much enjoy because it was awful, but I got to go uh, the day after Christmas, 2021. And I got to ride rides and I got to enjoy walking around and I didn't get tired and winded and it was, it was great. It was amazing. My biggest fear, my biggest challenge with this surgery has obviously been getting sick, but it's also getting my fluids in because I can't eat or drink. I can't eat and drink at the same time. I have to wait 30 minutes to drink and I need to stay hydrated. They want me to have 64 ounces of fluid every day, which includes my protein shakes. They also want me to have 90 grams of protein, which <clears throat> if you're tracking, it can be difficult if you're throwing up all the time. So <clears throat> here's how I start my day. I get up. When I get ready for work, I make a shake. And usually my shake every day is the same and has been for the last few months. It is Premier Protein Cafe Latte. It is ice. It is a little bit of chocolate syrup and a little bit of caramel syrup. And it's blended together in a bullet blender. And it's like a, a slushy kind of almost. Delicious. It is 30 grams of protein right off the bat. And then I will go to work or on the weekends I'll make food at home. But at work I will have a Jimmy Dean egg scrambler or like a, a breakfast bowl or egg, egg bites. And they're anywhere between 15 and 24 grams of protein. So I try to protein load in the morning. I try to have 40 to 50 grams of protein before lunch. Lunch, I'll grab something, usually something easy, something quick. Chick-fil-A is a really good option. They have grilled nuggets. I usually get five. Um, I also go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, and get mashed potatoes just because I know I can keep that down. And the last thing I want to do at work is throw up. So then dinner, I come home and I've made good use of my air fryer. I do air fryer pizzas quite often. I'll do quesadillas. Um... Yep, I I tend to stick with the same foods that I know my stomach can tolerate so I don't end up getting sick. Um, and then I'll eat, I can eat cereal. I can, I usually eat tricks with milk just because I know I can keep it down. I snack 
the Kodiak granola bars are a go-to. Cheese sticks are a go-to. So I, I usually don't feel hunger. If I feel hunger, then usually that's an indication that I'm going to get sick because I'm so, like, my body is telling me, hey, you've gone too long without eating something. You need to eat something. And then when I do, I feel like garbage and I end up getting sick. So that's my day in a nutshell. Um, if you have any questions, you're welcome to message me, uh, on social media. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on TikTok. I am Jen's journey to healthy on Instagram. I I'm just going through it. A couple of my really good friends have had bariatric surgery. One of my really good friends just had sleeve surgery yesterday in Tijuana, Mexico, because she does not have health insurance. So Tijuana, Mexico was the best option for her. It was the most affordable. And I'm so excited to watch her journey. Another one of my really good friends is about seven or eight months post-op from having the DS. So she had the duodenal switch, which is more evasive than what my surgery was. Hers was basically a a sleeve surgery where they take your stomach, make the size of a banana, and then they reroute your intestines, which has the highest malabsorption rate, but the less weight gain rate. So there's that. Another one of my really good friends, my co-parenting counterpart, as I call her, my baby mama. She also had switched surgery. She is eight or nine years post-op, looks amazing, feels amazing. She's also had some complications with other issues. Um, I may have her on the podcast later on down the road. But I'm sure there's going to be a couple of different sessions, uh, episodes where we talk bariatrics with a couple of my bariatric people. I myself, this is my journey. Uh, my Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody's story is different, why they did it. My, my trigger for having bariatric surgery, weight loss surgery, was becoming diabetic, being diagnosed diabetic. Um, so yeah, that was, that was what pushed me over the edge. And the fact that I hated myself, hated my body, was in a program for a couple of years and wasn't really getting anywhere. So, and people ask, well, why'd you decide to have gastric bypass? Why didn't you choose lap band or the gastric sleeve or the other options that are out there? There's several. And for me, it's easy. The gastric bypass was what was recommended by both programs I was in. They consider it the gold standard, so that is what I went with. Obviously, if two programs are recommending gastric bypass, there's a reason why. And it's been the best decision I ever made for myself. For myself. Like, I never did anything for myself, and this was one thing that I did. And I am more than happy with the results. Uh, So, yeah. Follow, Follow my journey and tune in. I will be releasing a new episode probably next week. Um, it will be my sister-in-law. We're going to be talking how to stay married and what challenges come with marrying young and having kids and trials and tribulations. Uh, so yeah, tune in next week for a new episode um, with my sister-in-law, Jamie. 
I've left her to pieces. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and send me messages, friend me, find me on Facebook. I'll post my link in the bio. Thank you.